Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for being alongside us as we talk about what the Lord is saying, what the Spirit is saying in this hour. Does anyone know? Well, I know what he's saying to me today. How about you, friend? As, a, as I alluded to a little bit yesterday, I think, and I've pondered on this since it came out of my mouth um, during yesterday's broadcast. I think it would do us well to just realize the fact that it's very possible we're trying to change the entire course of a nation, the course of a, of a world, the course of a church. But we're not tending to the individual reality first and foremost, which is, which is the only way that the greater change will ever come about. Would you think about that, friend, for a moment? I think in many ways we're trying to overturn things, change things, alter the condition of great numbers of people, which is fine and well and good and absolutely necessary and a primary component of members of the body of Messiah. If that weren't true, then why in the world would I even bother doing this podcast, right? Why would we teach? Why would anyone preach? Why would we minister? If it has no greater outflow or expansion beyond ourselves, of course, it's necessary. But what I'm always saying is, I think in our best efforts and best attempts to address a corporate reality, a corporate issue, we forget the individual demand that that brings it about. The individual change, the heart change of one man, an individual. And that's why I always make it clear on this program that, that I'm a heart guy for myself. And for you, the individual. Because if we do not start from the very outset addressing ourselves, the greater work will never be accomplished. And so when people try to say, well, you're always coming down hard on the church, Joel. Yes, I am. Yes. It's part of my function, critiquing the body of Messiah that I am within. But it is never void of me first and foremost in continually examining my own heart, my own depravity, my own condition, my own lack, my own individual issues. And so in light of that this morning, I just, man, I feel the, I feel the Spirit of the Lord heavy upon me this morning. It's 11.30 in the morning. I'm just now driving out to work. And I'm just, I'm going to be very honest this morning. I'm going to be very honest in this broadcast. And as I always try to do, just say, you know what? This is who I am. This is who I am. And as I say with regularity, I'm opening up my chest and I'm saying, here, peer in here. Why? Because it's the only hope for the body of Messiah to ever find unity together is when we confess our sins, when we allow others to peer into our lives and say, you know what? I have issues. 
but there's hope for me. I have fleshly tendencies, but man, I want to be continually sanctified into the image and the likeness of the Son. And so just mere moments ago, the reason I'm leaving out so late this morning, it's a beautiful day. And you know this in measure if you listen with with regularity to the podcast in the last, I don't know, four or five weeks now, I'm having construction done on my home. And as as we fast forward, moving into week five of them being at my house, things are moving at such a sluggish pace I'm really struggling just the way God designed me and maybe perhaps by my upbringing as well when I'm working I work man I don't mess around I don't talk on the phone I don't text I don't browse the internet I don't take smoke breaks I don't take two-hour lunches I like to eat while I'm working I like to to move it's just the way I'm wired Now, I realize not everyone is like that, and so, as I have alluded to in a couple episodes over the last month or five weeks, I've talked about how how the Father has really been stretching me with these, these men at my house who enjoy taking days off when it's sunny and 50. They show up at 11 and leave at 2. A long day is 2.30 or 3. And their work is less than stellar. Well, why am I sharing this again? Well, I'm, I, want to, I want to just try to put into words what I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to continually bring me to situations, endless situations where I have to face my natural tendencies, my flesh man emotion. And the reason I want to shine a light on this and how I am in it myself is to be an example of what I believe is the right godly, spiritually mature man response to this issue. I'm not saying I do this perfectly. I'm not saying it comes easy. I'm not saying I just pray hard enough and and just wave the magic wand of Jesus over my life and all of a sudden I'm a man completely full of patience long-suffering I don't ever get angry well Yeshua never got angry not saying that in any way at all in fact I'm saying it is very hard for me to not become a man of emotion tossed about by my emotions and my disgruntledness with humanity (laughs) and so to be clear For every passing moment that I waited for the owner of the company and his men to arrive today, I had already checked with him this morning. He was talking about finishing the job today, which I know is absolutely impossible. It is impossible. It's impossible for a crew that works very good and diligently and swiftly and professionally to do it. And I'm just being honest, it's, it's entirely impossible for this group of guys to accomplish this task today and do it well. It's impossible. But trying to be kind and, and patient, I waited leaving out for work 
for his arrival. I found out when they were coming and I waited and I waited and I waited. And in all honesty, I even told my wife, I said, I have to leave. I have to go to work. I have to make money to pay these men. <laughs> I have to leave. I waited till 11 in the morning. Still no sign. So I made a list of things that that needed addressed with the owner of things that I said, you know, I asked my wife, I said, would you, or actually maybe she volunteered. I would, she said, I'll be willing to tell them, honey, your list of what, what needs repaired, replaced. You know, when someone puts siding that's broken right beside your door, that doesn't really seem acceptable in any type of expectation of contracting work, even for the most reasonable individual so that of course headed up my list and as I was getting ready to leave as I knew would happen and I will admit I found a little bit of relief because I told her I'm not sure I can handle it well I'm afraid I'm going to be fleshly and she prayed for me right then right there in our kitchen she just prayed the shalom and peace of the father to just rest on me she knows I'm I'm wrestling with, with just being frustrated and, and angry. My wife knows me better than any human being on the earth. So instead of just saying what she could have rightly said, which would have been true, which is Joel, you shouldn't act this way. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be angry. She could have quoted me Bible verses. But she just said, Dear Father. And prayed for me. And as as we're wrapping that up, just mere moments, of course, the the construction crew pulls in. I knew this would happen. Okay, I'm gonna go talk to them. And I was abrupt. I was precise. I had to leave. I think it was probably clear. I was a little bit frustrated. I just went over the list. This is unacceptable. This needs replaced. This needs repaired. Is this part of the job finished because if it is this needs redone as well this has happened since the beginning and without going into anything that would actually nullify why I turned this on to record this and and would deem me unlearned as far as what the Holy Spirit is trying to press into my life I'm going to leave the details there and bring out my my spiritual principle therein. And and friend, if you would listen to this, this would help you greatly. This will help all of us if we can learn this simple yet very profound spiritual principle for us. To be men of discernment, spiritual men, not guided by our emotion and natural tendencies. Man, there's a whole lot more. You do realize there's more to the natural man than just like the lust of the eyes or, you know, looking at pornography or having just sec- like self-control towards, you know, flesh matters that we won't get into today in case there's any younger ears listening. We do realize there's a whole world of of natural cravings that the Bible does tell us about. Lust of the eyes, our bellies, a gluttonous lifestyle of relief and comfort. I talk about that all the time. 
But what I want to really hone in on this morning is just the basic principle of self-control. Because, and, and why am I bringing this out? Because in an age where the church is empowered, if you will, she thinks, to stand up and be as boisterous as she desires to make her voice heard and known, we need to tell the, the, the powers that be that we will not go away. The church is making more of a ruckus than she ever has. But this morning, I felt like in my own challenge to, to be slow to become angry, to be slow to speak, and to show self-control, I felt like the Lord highlighted in my own life what I've been saying to the corporate church at large for weeks and weeks, perhaps months and years, but really specifically to the right now, which is, guess what? <laughs> you know what? Sometimes the best thing you can do is shut your mouth. Just shut up, to be blunt. Just shut up. To be more kind and careful and not quite so harsh, be still. Quiet yourself. Just be quiet. Because here's the thing, all that I wanted to do when I climbed in my truck after walking across my driveway to leave, I wanted to make it clear that I had great disapproval over the circumstance this morning with my house. Justifiably, right? I have every right, and many people, especially evangelical Christian Americans, would say, brother, you're just a pansy then. That's your house. That's your money. That's your right. Those men are obligated to do better work for you. They're dishonoring. They're disrespectful. You have the right to stand up and say, no way will we tolerate this. That's the majority Christian mindset. I get it. I don't believe it's godly. I don't believe it's honoring the Father. I don't believe it points to Yeshua and walking as he walked. I don't. So as I walked across the driveway and I got in my truck and I put the truck in gear and I began to drive off and I'm wrestling with my thoughts, my emotions, my words, all I wanted to do and I felt it rise up so much it was about to just jump right out of my mouth, so much so that I felt like I was even just going to do it to myself as I drove which was just air my grievances. This isn't fair. Do you know how much money I've spent? I'm just, I would talk to the air, right? Do you know how many thousands of dollars this is costing me? Did you see how they bent that nail on my porch? I can hit nails and bend them and whack them in. Why did I hire professionals? Are they really gonna do that? Are they going to do this? And my laundry list could have been very lengthy. And again, many people, many Christians would say, that's right, you, you tell them how it is. Man, how many people have I known in my life? Good, godly people who are so loud and boisterous to, to stand up for their rights. And so what am I saying, friend, this morning? 
I'm saying, am I a spiritual man sojourning in this land or not? What about my rights? I say all the time on this, on this program and in real life with anyone that I talk to, and this has brought this to a head over the last several weeks of, of, in my life, in my family and others I talk to, is I say all the time that everything I have is not my own. And we live according to that. It, it marks us as very odd when I say I don't, I don't stand up and defend my life physically or my wife or my son. That automatically categorizes me as a loser, pacifist. Few people try to really listen to understand my side. And that's just the life for the rest of my days. It's, it's where I've been called to walk. When I surrendered my life to Messiah, I meant it. That's what I always say. My life is literally not my own. Literally. Literally. <laughs> I believe the Bible when it says that I lost my life. <laughs> I really believe that. Not just in, in metaphor or not just in this category or that. No, I really do believe that. I really do believe that my home is not mine. It's not mine. I'm a responsible adult, father, husband, son, friend, neighbor. But it's not mine. Everything that I have that I, quote, possess is the father's possession, including myself, my household, including my home, including my bank, my bank account, which is going to take a ginormous hit here in the next day or two for this less than stellar work. <laughs> I want to feel justified. I want to demand my rights. I want to stand up and air my grievances, like I have already said, and make it clear. And friends, here's the whole crux and the whole point of what I'm saying this, um, why I'm saying this today. I would say it would do all of us good to realize as mature, spiritual, discerning men, watchmen men, watchmen upon the walls of our own temple first and foremost. Hey, I feel, I'm feeling that, I'm feeling that overwhelming push right now, right this second to just gush over how displeased I am with something. And it's like a dam for me. It's like a dam. Maybe everyone's different. I know many people are like, eh, whatever. With, with a lot of things, they're not like that. I know everyone's different. But for me, and man, I, I see this all over the body of Messiah. I see it all over the Wideway Church, which is always gushing. The internet has given everybody the license to say things that they would never say to a face of a person. Never, ever say certain things in a room to another human being. Hey, any more? Ah, let it all out, man. It's not real anyway. <laughs> People have been given the license and freedom to speak their mind. And if you can't speak it there, hey, create your own place where all of y'all can go fuss about everybody you hate in unison. Air your grievances together. Go ahead. It's okay. It's your right. But what I'm saying is, is it our right as a spiritual man? Is it my right to just start 
opening that dam and just gushing whatever my emotion and my natural man finds some ridiculously foolish satisfaction and gratification in doing, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to shift that anger and I'm going to turn it all towards myself and towards my natural man that, that, that I'm told in the Word of God is trying to rear its ugly head out of that grave. And I'm telling you, my mouth could become that open grave. Spewing flesh man verbiage, rights, and justified anger and disgruntledness. And guess what? I'm saying right here, right now, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make my wife listen to it. I'm not going to make my son listen to his daddy talk that way. I'm not going to call up a buddy and tell him, hey, man, you got a minute? I need to vent. Nope, I'm not going to do it. And here's the thing. Let's just be honest, right? As I'm always saying, I can feel the want to. We have to acknowledge that. That's what we talked about on the program yesterday. When we talked about the the text in Hebrews chapter 12 that says, strengthen your weak hands and your feeble knees. Until we're willing to say that this is what we are, this is how we behave, this is what's, even if it doesn't make it on on the outside, if it doesn't make its way out, there is such power in the confession of saying, you know what, man, it's in there. And for me, I can feel it. Man, I'm telling you, it's like the, the dam is this giant iron wall with a little hitch pin in it. And my flesh man is trying to reach up out of the grave, pull that one pin, and out come the floodgate flow of my natural man emotion. Anger. Justified anger. Now many people right now, I, I, I know I overthink everything. Well, what are people thinking about this? I overthink. But I would assume that there's a handful of people at best that are like, man, this is just too much. He's going to get taken advantage of. Man, I've heard that for so many years. If you don't take care of yourself, nobody's going to take care of you, brother. <laughs> if you don't defend your your family's life, no one will. You know what? I've got a heavenly father who's more than capable to be a sovereign, just God. My life is in his hands, not mine. I don't want it back. I don't want it anymore. Including my emotions, my anger, my justified my justified disappointment yeah I am disappointed I am but as I talk to a brother and I'll bring this to a close the gentleman I I referenced the other day that I met last week he's doing some different work on our farm right now in the middle of my angst because I'm two hours in waiting on my my uh, siding guys to come he said, how you doing this morning, brother? I'm okay. Struggling. Fighting. Trying not to be angry, but I'm really, I'm really struggling. It's a battle. I don't want to be fleshly. I don't want to be a natural-minded man. He said, well, how's your family? 
y'all have a good night last night? You know we did, I said. He said, you know, there's just something about a man laying his head down at night, knowing his son, his wife, are in, are in a safe place, sleeping at rest. And I said, you know what? I continued his train of thought. I said, you know what? I, I, amen. We're in a warm house. We had full bellies. We all went to bed satisfied, taken care of. Every need we ever have, not just met, but exceeded. Amen. You're right. That's where I want to go today, is that place. It's very simple. Back where we started, as we bring it to a close, very simple, yet very profound. We can't do it in ourselves. This is not a self-help program. Christianity, being in Messiah. This is not some self-help thing where you just, the harder you try and the more formulas you you uh, apply to your life, the better you do. This is hard, man. This is laboring. And this is why the church that I've known my whole life needs to understand that we are called to learn obedience through the things that we suffer because that's the pattern of the firstborn of many brethren, Yeshua Messiah, the very God-man, Son of God. That's how he learned. (laughs) And so we must expect and be postured and ready to learn in the same manner. According to suffering. And one way that we suffer is what? Paul taught us us all the time. Through our denial of self. I die daily. Well, yet again, I'm being given another opportunity to die. To lose my life. And it will be an opportunity to posture me to learn obedience. And so I'm set. I'm going to do it. I may not do it well. (laughs) This isn't about whether you do it well or not. This is about will we do it. I want my son to be obedient. I want his heart to be towards me. We don't do behavior modification in our home. Our goal is not for our nine-year-old son to robotically say, Yes, Daddy. Okay, Mama, I will do what you say. No. I would rather he live out the parable that that he's a young boy who says no, but then does it instead of says yes and never does it at all. It's about our heart, friends. It's always been about the heart. It didn't start in the Acts upper room experience where all of a sudden God was interested in the heart of man. His heart is... His eyes have always been roaming to and fro, looking for a man whose heart is towards him. It's what he's always wanted. And that's what I know is set. Whether I do it well or not, man, I'm a work in progress. Are you? Or do you have it all together? I'm telling you, if the world saw a church that didn't have it all together, the people who are on the outside would want to come in. They would actually want to. I want to be that guy. I need, empowered by the Holy Spirit, as I attempt to walk as my Messiah walked. And it's going to cost me greatly. 
So let's do that today. Let's set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. You do realize that that is a practical day-to-day, moment-by-moment challenge, right? You do know that. (laughs) You can't just fall into that. You can't just put that on a t-shirt and all of a sudden be doing it. Moment by moment, we must realize that it is a deliberate setting of the mind on things above. As we take our eyes off of the things down here. It will take the rest of our days. Praise the Father, He's pruning us. He's testing us. He's trying us. And on the other end, it will be for our good. You've been listening to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for listening. Visit us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got several handfuls of teaching videos on there. Search for Path to Zion podcast and you will find us. And and as always, you can send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com is the place to do it. Have a, have a good day. Be blessed in heavenly places in the unseen, unseen kingdom. Amen.